did you buy the album on iTunes? Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Did you not buy the album on iTunes? I did not. No, okay. I listened to a couple of the previews on iTunes, and I was just like, nah. I don't know. I I don't like pop music, like modern pop music. That, eh, no, thank you. You became like an anti-Taylor guy. I'm not anti-Taylor. I just think her new album kind of sucks. Based on thirty-second previews that you listen to, there are a minute and a half previews and like the four songs she's released. So, okay, what you really into it now? I enjoyed the album. Interesting. Yeah. What was your favorite song? Um, the one Mia. I'm not like fully uh, uh, grabbing it. It's um, I think it's I did something bad. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just a music snob, but it all sounds so fake and artificial. Like that song "Dress" is supposed to be the uh, I don't know provocative, like sexy song, but to me, it just sounds try hard. That's like the one provocative, real line is in the chorus, though. Like. What? I only bought this dress so you could take it off. Even her delivery of that sounds like insincere to me. Yeah, I think I think it's probably more provocative than that. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah, I'll keep going. Um, this <laughs> weird glitch in my iTunes that for some reason in the middle of my Taylor download, it re-downloaded a million miles away by Keegan Allen. Oh, I'm sure they make a nice pairing. Like they a, sure do. Like a nice red with some pasta. Uh, <laughs> a little a little red wine a little hey <laughs> some red wine and some corn dog all right shall we begin mm-hmm. welcome to headcanon i'm benjamin light and i'm marcus marks and thank you for joining us on episode five of our podcast we're going to be talking mostly about Murder on the Orient Express today. I think we have a few other minor things we want to cover. I don't know. Did you want to say anything else about Taylor's album? No. Not at all. How are you doing, Benji? Meh. You seem kind of weird. I seem kind of weird. Yeah. How so? Er, the normal. I should I should clarify. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I I have what's either a muscle strain or like like a kidney problem going on. Like my like upper left back is sore i'm not really sure which is that one thing again no okay so i don't know i I think i just like strained a muscle or something Hmm. um on just one side yeah other than that i suppose i'm fine okay you're just gonna grunt through it pop some pills pop some more pills i don't have any pills i don't know oh shit it's like you're not you (laughs) I, i don't know why you assume i like have like opioids like coming out the ass or something whenever i would like casually like mention that oh dennis gave me this prescription for vicodin or whatever you're like give them to me i think that's a mischaracterization (laughs) i think it was more like well if you're not gonna take them well if you're not gonna take them i will suck your dick for those pills (laughs) do we want to talk about the lord of the rings tv thing at all i feel like we've just said all there is to say about it but not on um on, on microphone well i mean so what is it it's like a little bit more of an official announcement like it, apparently the deal is going through supposedly they're paying up front somewhere between 200 and 250 million just for the rights not damn. not to produce just 
just so the Tolkien estate is like, okay, fine, you can make a TV show out of it, which seems crazy to me. Like, has any other than maybe like Star Wars would be the other big, but I mean, that was like a whole company they sold, you know? Yeah. This isn't like, I, I doubt Amazon owns the rights to Lord of the Rings from now on. They just have permission to make a TV show. Just, just a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's supposedly like some spinoff stuff. I don't know. I, there was some line mentioned in the press article about how like, they're they're looking into like stuff that happens before the Lord of the Rings, which I don't know what that would be other than the Hobbit or just some bullshit. Some bullshit. Know. Some Silmarillion bullshit. Nobody wants anyone who actually like have people actually read the Silmarillion. That is not filmable material. It's like, and then there was a battle that took place for fifty years, and like you know, hundreds of thousands of like people fought each other and died, and there were like you know dozens of dragons in the air and after 50 years you know like this dude showed up like riding a, a flying boat and won you know like it's not there's not like a narrative with can characters you there really. edit in some riffs from blind guardian as you're as you're doing that sentence no oh darn i hope they do exclusive like the score what is the shared universe of lord of the rings like i mean Young Aragorn, I don't know. Like nobody wants to see that. Except <laughs> Meanwhile, like, the Gondor worst. High. The only people who want to see that are like the worst Lord of the Rings fanboys. Yeah. I don't know who those people are. I'm always fascinated by the people who are just like, I love those movies. I just in general, I have had all I can take of like, here is a popular property, let's go back and explore whatever you know like it's young this or young that or it's the origin of this like stop explaining everything tell a new story that's, mm. that's my feeling i don't need to see how like the first fucking lightsaber was invented in like a new star wars trilogy that is not interesting Ooh, shots fired across ryan johnson's bow oh we don't know what he's doing that's just a, a bunch of fanboys are like oh he's gonna do the origins of the jedi but what the fuck is the story there that's boring is that that's the rumor though that's purely a rumor based on Isn't it like no it, all they really said all. is it takes place like somewhere else it takes place in a different corner of the galaxy that which we could explored. be hyperbole it could be literal okay. uh, i don't know but i just what was it they're making a fucking morbius movie now sony is or is it a morbius tv show i think it's a movie no oh, that sucks oh what a morbius tv show would be better no they both suck yeah no, Morbius sucks. Mm-hmm. He might be one of the worst characters ever invented. I remember they had like a it was a, a comic crossover with some of the shittier Marvel characters in the nineties, like Midnight Suns, Ghost Rider, and Morbius, and maybe Blade. Yeah, Blade's all's in there. Um, and and just fucking Ghost Rider. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, I I imagine it will probably be two years at least before you see anything related to this. Wow, wait. 160 million for two seasons of a David O. Russell series. Oof. But oh, they axed it after spending 40 million. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm just looking at Amazon's lineup here. 80 million for Woody Allen six episode bullshit. A new one? I, I think it's the same one. Okay. Well, Amazon's spending a lot of money. Um, I've never watched Transgender, but uh, supposedly that's good. I think it's Transparent. Transparent. Sorry. Um, was the one I watched. The Man in the High Castle I did not find particularly good. 
Didn't watch I Love Dick. No. What is that about, like Dick Nixon or something? I think it's about Kevin Bacon. Oh, like after somebody watched Wild Things. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin Bacon as himself. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, jump into it. Before we talk about Murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. you had some thoughts on And Then There Were None. Oh, well, it's pretty boring if it's just me talking inside it. So you've read the book. I have, yeah. This is going to be spoilerific for people. I doubt you remember like character names, right? Um, not particularly. I, I remember kind of like the vague order in which they die and their 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 okay. deal and whatnot. But when did you really read the book? The names. Uh, when I was like probably ten. It's okay. definitely like the scariest book I've ever read. Yeah, it yeah. gave me nightmares. Yeah, same thing. I I read it around ten, and I remember reading a couple chapters a day, and then like on a weekend starting it my my usual couple chapters later that night and like staying up all night and finishing the book because i was too afraid not to but the uh, i think the axe murder of the butler really freaked me out interesting mm-hmm. okay um so what i what is what i always find interesting because i've now watched like four other five blah 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 you watch the miniseries which is fairly faithful as far the, as i recall yeah i mean it's I, it's been a long time since i reread it but yeah so there's one in the 40s, there's one in the 60s, one in the 70s, one in the late 80s. Um, the one in the 40s does this thing where they engineer a happy ending by having the younger guy and the woman, Lombard and, and, and Vera Miles, be innocent. And in fact, he's not even Lombard at all. He's actually some friend of Lombard's who shows up and mm-hmm. pretends to be him to figure out what's going on. And they work together, blah, blah, blah. All of the other movie adaptations bring that element over. Like line for line, scene for scene, mm-hmm. it's very bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. It's like everyone liked it. It, it. it makes me think of how Peter Jackson took the the whole bit where he shows the um, the Nazgul like attacking the bed oh, from the back sheet. Yeah, he took that from the back sheet and like just like that's how they did it then. So we're doing it now. So and then they, they of course they want to. They want to modernize it. They want to set it in present day. They want to do a different setting. So the 1941 does the island off the coast of England. The one in the 60s does like the Alps, and there's like a little, a little suspended car that takes you. So of course someone dies in that. Um, like a, a tram in your movie. Like, has that ever gone wrong? Is there a bad movie with a tram in it? Is there a bad movie? I feel like that's always that always works in, in a movie. Well, the 1961 is not a great movie, so yeah, I mean, it's you know it's in the, um, the 70s one. They're like in the middle of the Persian desert. By the way, are you aware of the original name of and then they're in I am. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's not cool. Well, even yeah. even Ten Little Indians is not really cool. Eh, yeah, cooler, mm-hmm. sure, <laughs> much better. But yeah. yeah, Jesus. Um, I have seen the 80s one, and it's just, there's an interesting like Bond connection. A lot of like, I mean, granted, it's you know based on English source material, so you get like a Bond girl in one of them. You get a lot of like former Bond villains showing us bit parts. Um, so, anyways, that was my my point last week, but figured we keep it to a more Agatha Christie themed mm-hmm. episode. I mean, so if you don't like Agatha Christie, this episode is going to be boring as fuck for you. Probably, yeah. I mean, and then there were none. That's one of her three best books, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe some people disagree. But I feel like the consensus is, and then and then there were none. Murder on the Orient yes. Express and the murder of Roger Ackroyd, correct? Yeah. Of which I think the murder of Roger Ackroyd might be her best. 
Although I think, and then the Renun is the most, I don't know, pulpy and compelling, I guess, you know, like there's like, that's the most readable slash watchable. I think it's, I think it's the most enviable. Like a, a, it's a such a simple standpoint. structure to it. Yeah. It shouldn't work as well as it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those tricks that you can get in and do one time and everyone else is just copying you. I remember the uh, the bit where like the, the big stone with the bear on it falls on the one dude. That always freaked me out. I think also what freaked me out was the book that I read had like in the middle of it. There was about 10 pages of like photo stills from the movie. Which movie? The, the black and white one. There's two. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't it's know. Forties and the sixties. Um, probably the forties. I would guess. I okay. could be wrong, but like the images were just freaky enough to like stoke the imagination. You know, mm-hmm. I, I remember the uh, the guy getting pushed off the cliff by the judge. Always freaked me out. Just the betrayal of that. I don't know if you. You mean in the books? I don't know if yeah. you actually see it in the movies. No, um, it, well, I don't think it depends on the movie, but yeah. I mean, the, the 1940 movie, it's a 1940s movie. So there's these weird little comedic bits. Um, the characters will introduce themselves to camera. Like, okay, maybe that's not the one I've seen. Um, and it's, it's very sinister in parts, but it's very goofy in other parts. Uh, but it's got this great like 1945 cast of like Walter Houston and Barry Fitzgerald and um, Judith Anderson. The... 60s one has the girl that gets covered in gold and goldfinger you mean that girl but not she's not covered in gold she's not covered she's not still covered in gold no no no. yeah that shit doesn't wash off it's like it was really popular (laughs) um yeah shirley eaton is like the main girl and they tweak things they turn like the older lady into like this like young sex pot actress um who had an affair with the general Mm -hmm. i wonder if you if you well, if you had pictures from that one, it'd be really confusing in the book because you're like, wait, why are they on the Alps? <laughs> no, they were definitely on an island in the photos. There's like a weird, the, the Lombard guy gets like in a massive fight with the butler, like, like, a, like a brawl. Hmm. So it was the first one that started the whole bit where it was all like they figure it out and they don't kill each other at the end, right? The first movie, yeah. Well, so she it's, doesn't they, shoot him at the end. Well, so it's like it's a fake out. Mm-hmm. You're led to believe that she shot him. Yeah, she comes back in. Um, the the judge is magically reappeared again. Spoilers. Magically reappeared in the pool room. It's like all of game in the mind. Um, and he like talks her through it, and here's what he's doing. Um, and she's gonna hang herself, and if she doesn't hang herself. You know, the cops are gonna show up, and they're not gonna believe her, and they're gonna hang her, and that's gonna be worse. So she might as well hang herself, and he's gonna take some poison to make sure that he's found dead or whatever. And then Lombard walks in. He's like, ha, 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 judge. I'm not actually Hugh Lombard. Um, but it's like the same. The, his real name in all of the remakes is the same. Mm. It's always like Charles Morley. And I can't remember from the book if there's like a reference to a Charles Morley. I don't know. It's been a really long time since I read the book. Um, I can't remember if, if the one guy plays like the piano, the song on the piano in the book. Mm. Yeah. How long has it been since you read Murder on the Orient Express? Uh, I've only read it twice in my life. Okay. So it's been a while to to reread. Mm -hmm. Myself as well, yeah. Did you reread it like last couple years, I thought? Or Murder on Roger Ackroyd, you read a couple years ago? That's probably like 10 years ago now. Was it? Okay. (laughs) 
everyone should go read the murder of Roger Ackroyd. I will say nothing else about it. Just go read it. Yeah. My kind of mystery novel. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the movie. Okay. What'd you think? I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to copy something you're going to say. It's exactly what you expect from the trailers, I think. Uh, it's a very silly movie. I wouldn't know if I'd call it silly. Maybe a little corny. Brana is such a fucking showboat. <laughs> um, it was enjoyable. It was it was an interesting thing to kind of watch and study. Just having seen other things he's done, his cast, the the story. I don't know what you think. No, I liked it. I mean, it's not like the best picture worthy, you know, but it's it's big and fun and corny. Um, I'm sure my parents will love it. Like <laughs> it, there are things I think that could have been better about it, like mm-hmm. little tweaks and, and kind of like maybe a more visually stylistic director would have done some more interesting things, but it's fine. You know, you got a, you got a big cast full of good actors and they're all doing what they can with like oh, some of them very small roles really. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's, Apparently, some modern audiences don't like the ending just because, like, they didn't, they weren't aware what it was, you know. Um, but I feel like they executed the book fairly well. The book is a little cheesy in parts itself. I mean, the all the business with the Armstrong family like comes out of nowhere, as it does in the book. I mean, in the book, yeah. Like, like in the book, you're like, wait, what? Like, there's all this extra information that, like, it's not, it's not exactly like a locked room mystery where it's all there for you, you know. It's mm-hmm. like, oh. Casey didn't know there's this whole like tragic scandal about this Armstrong family and a kidnapping and all that, which informs everything about what's well, happening. Well, and and you find out that the the case has been solved. Like they know mm-hmm. who the person was. He just got away with it. Yeah. Um, in the book, of course, it's like a gang of people, and in the movie, to simplify, it's a single individual who looks like Grindelwald. Yeah. I mean, Depp is fine in it. He's he's not doing Jack Sparrow. He's playing a greasy sleazy old middle-aged man so I, I think he captures it pretty well so i've seen two of the three like filmed adaptations of this mm-hmm. um they really i feel like they threw away like the menacing quality to ratchet but like didn't like up the sleaze see i've never seen a movie uh adaptation of this except for this one so okay i don't have anything to compare it to um well let's let's before we get to to cast bit by bit we're just we're just not talking about the mustache <laughs> for some reason the mustache where at one point Hercule Poirot wakes up he's like woken up uh you know earlier than expected or whatever and he's wearing like this weird mustache, mustache guard. guard on his face is that a real thing yeah yeah Apparently, it's, it must it's, be i don't know i don't want to say i don't want to say canon cuz that sounds ridiculous but like they talk about that or they show it in the movies. Only this mustache is one third of his face. So it, it's a it's almost like a Bane mask. Doesn't he also have like a soul patch guard too? I can't remember. I don't know. That mustache was ridiculous. I mean, like I said, I've never seen Word of the Honor Express. I've never seen any of the other adaptations. So I don't have like a, that's not my Poirot in, in my mind or anything like that. The only thing I'd say about Braun is he seems probably like he's a little bit tall for the role. But, you know, whatever. He's not like a terrible Perot. It's just he's hamming it up entirely. I I do wonder if like on that set with all those amazing actors, one of them was like, 
what if I had a line here? And he's just like, no, <laughs> I think, I think Perot needs to say it. Yeah. But he's definitely like trying to be like a dashing hero in places. Um, it's true with like, uh, what was his, uh, his, his dead girl's name? Like Fred oh, or Catherine, 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 like every so often you just cut away to him staring at this old photo. I mean, like, and it's like subtitled, even though he's just saying Catherine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what that was about. I, I well, I almost want to start from the beginning. The fucking eggs, which is a classic Perot bit, and then Perot is so OCD that after he steps in a massive pile of shit in the Holy Land, mm-hmm. he's like, "Oh, I cannot abide by the unevenness. I must put my other foot in the shit." Yeah, the eggs thing. He's he keeps sending back eggs. Like, there's this whole thing where like the local boy carries the eggs all the way to the hotel so they can cook them up and then hard boil have- them. Two perfectly even identical eggs. Yeah, and he keeps sending them back, and it's like he has a little ruler that he measures them with, whatever. Um, <laughs> Finally, he's just like, oh, fuck you, you swine. I shall not eat my eggs. Mm-hmm. You eat them instead. <laughs> and then the wholly invented, bizarre, like cold, open esh. With, with the priest, the rabbi, and the imam. Well, just, and like, yeah. Who stole the, the sacred artifact or it, whatever. Yeah, the, the ridiculous sounding setup for a joke that somehow is him solving a case in the Wailing Wall. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, they don't do like a Sherlock thing where it's like, whoosh, focusing on this thing, whoosh, focus on this thing he picks up on. He's just kind of setting up like, I'll put my cane here, that'll come into play later. I want you to stand over there, guard, that'll come into play later. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think they could have done better at this movie is like maybe Fincher is a bit too severe for this, but if you had a director who's a little more visually inventive, they could have done more with the like the spatiality of the train. So yeah. you had an idea about like who was where and like why Oh, they just want to get off that train. Why why was it important that uh if you were in this cabin you could see this but not that or that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean they they I think some moments got thrown away. Um, like for a while, I was like, wait, do they come in through the window or something? Because I'm like, what is the, you know, they're saying nobody opened this well, cabin. So it's like. So one scene that they kind of stepped on, I thought, in this movie was when Perot and the doctor and, and the, the line director first discover the body. And they don't show the body. Yeah, that was Well, weird. the three of them are in there. And so mm-hmm. the, because the doctor steps in and steps out and he's like, well, there's 12 stab wounds, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Bro, you didn't have time to lift that sheet and check it out. Well, it's like, show us. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. They go to the room later, but it's like, what if you showed us the overhead of all the cabins? Well, and like, could they have gone out the window? Like, what, you know? And it's it's interesting what they did of characters. So they compounded the colonel character and the doctor into one character, played by Leslie Odom, who's solid. Um, they really change. Collier. Yeah, what's that? He's Collier on Curse of Interest. Okay. Um, he's the dude in Hamilton. He's Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Yeah. Aaron Burr. Anyone seen that commercial? Um, Book is different character almost completely. Like the guy who's just like his friend oh. has done the job. He's Stacy like, Ridley's new boyfriend. Is he? Sources say. Oh. I mean, his character is completely different than all other takes. And I kind of found him super refreshing. Okay. Um, as like a little sidekick because Pearl always has to have a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, did Daisy Ridley of it all though I would have given her more I would have given some of her I think moments. she got more than anyone except maybe Michelle Pfeiffer I mean they like the the 
Baron or whoever that the Count or whatever, that dude got nothing. He got to like do a roundhouse kick. The rage addict kickboxing Count, who oh yeah, Count and Countess Dracula. I mean, the the contest there, she got plenty. I mean, not not plenty, but she got a moment. She got to like, like okay, here you go, She's, like play it to the hilt. Pardon me, Monsieur. I'm allergic to sunlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the Count just got to roundhouse kick someone. That character has been previously played by Michael York, uh, mm. which is crazy flourish. Uh, in the Suchet version, the Mary is played by uh, Jessica Chastain, mm. which is interesting. I think um, I would have given Daisy really more. I mean, there's some there's some very clever bits of her when he because he supposedly he has everyone you know write their name and their address in his notebook, so he has you know the suspects on file, and she's the one who's like, oh, you're trying to see which hand I write with and get my handwriting and all that stuff. That's pretty clever, you know. Mm-hmm. She's the one who gets it. Oh, that was all in there. Yeah, but it's like it's so it's so quick. I would have. I don't know. Done more. For I don't know. I, on the one hand, you could say this movie doesn't do enough to kind of um, build the mystery in a way that the audience can follow along with the clues. On the other hand, you could say maybe they were like, we're going to trust the audience to like really pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if you are really paying attention, you can kind of see what's happening, but it's definitely not inviting the audience to play as long, play along as much as say like a show like Sherlock would be, you know? There's yeah, never no. there's never any real rundown of the clues or what this means or what that means or do what the implication of this or that is. The rehash yeah. that they usually do. Um, I mean, if you're paying close attention, and I, I do, I almost want to see it again because I feel like there are probably a lot of little visual moments where it's like you might notice somebody in the background doing this or that that's hard to see on one viewing. Um, but it's definitely not a movie where it's holding your hand too much on that sort of thing. I've always felt like from the, the little bit I've seen of them, like, the parlor room scene where the detective is about to explain who did it and how they did it and why they did it mm-hmm. is a little bit like the scene in like one of those like dating shows where someone gives like a flower or picks someone because it's always just like so and so you and I went on this date and then I think you're the killer so that's why you're not getting my my rose or whatever I think, uh, I think you just uh, came up with the concept for your next script oh yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, monsieur even Deadly though I have such all these suspects. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what am I supposed to do? You put the hot tub here in this house. Oh my God. Perot in the real world. What do you mean? Like the real world, the show. Oh, the re- oh, okay. <laughs> they still, they don't do the real world anymore. They do. do they? They can bring in his angry little brother. Who's played by the only other famous Belgian in the world. Are you supposed to know who that is? You don't know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is. Oh, that guy. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I'm down on Van Damme. Everyone likes to cream their pants over that stupid JCVD movie, but no thank you. Did you ever see it? Nope. Okay. Don't want to. Okay. It's, like, it's a real like principled stand you're taking. Mm-hmm. I feel like all the annoying film people like that movie, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm out on principle. Okay. <laughs> those are the kind of people who are like, wouldn't it be awesome if Tarantino made a Star Wars movie? Like those kind of people. I want next week to just get just We'll take all the time you need. Mm-hmm. Let's just go through your entire fucking like list of what's annoying to you. Oh, we don't have that long. We'll do we'll do part one of forty five. Mm-hmm. Peter Jackson, pull up a chair. <laughs> well, no, you're just gonna listicle it, right? No, I'd have to go into it. I mean, I'd have to explain myself. Okay, explain okay. my method. You are, you want to try the case? Mm-hmm. Um, this is my design. So the the uh, what's her name? 
Penelope Cruz character is really interesting to me only because obviously with the with the casting of that they changed the name the nationality they took the name of the character from a different Perot novel mm. which I thought was really intriguing um, I mean that's the part that's previously played by like Ingmar Bergman or uh, Ingmar Bergman Ingrid Bergman <laughs> <laughs> a little difference um, she was fine I mean I I mean other than like the count who just had nothing to do I thought they were all I mean they didn't necessarily have a lot to do, but I oh, felt like they nailed what they had perfectly. The bit they left out with those two, with Count and Countess Dracula, is there's the bit in the book and all the other movies where he's just like, like Monsieur Perrault, I assure you on my life that my wife did not commit this crime. Mm-hmm. And Perrault's like, you're the only one who's like telling the truth. Whatever else is happening, you're the only one who's telling the truth. Because the whole thing is that he actually stabbed Ratchet twice. Because his oh, wife okay. was too sick to leave the room. Um, even though he's the only one who doesn't have actual connection other than by marriage. Um, but yeah, they they they're dying to get out of the train. Like the Josh Gad like running scene, like the And see to me which that's, doesn't make any sense because it's it's you know where are you Brana, going? First of all, where are you going? Well yeah, Kenneth Brana, you know, older guy, relatively good shape. He's the tall, lean Perot. And then Josh Gad's like <laughs> Well, it's like you're on a fucking mountain in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> okay. Well, he's an alcoholic. I mean, give him a break. He was fine. I, I feel like Josh Gad is slowly uh, morphing into Jack. Uh, what's his name? Jack Black for our eyes. Ooh, Josh Gad. I would have. I would have. I would like to see the rundown, like the auditions for actors vastly more qualified for a take on Perot. He was fine. Josh, I don't know. Josh Gad. I feel like I Josh see Gad. He's got the physique to be Perot. Josh Gad must be like a really chill, like nice dude to hang around with. Does it Daisy really? Well, no, because like like Ashley Benson like had a ton of fun with him on set of that stupid Pixar uh, Pixels movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Frozen, this like like the dude must be like super chill because here's what like, I respect. Th- like that that to me is like why does this guy keep getting roles? Because he's nice to work with. That's why. Here's just what I respect about Josh Gad. He's doing this movie. Who wouldn't say yes to a movie where you get to hang out with like a bunch of great actors? Mm-hmm. And the whole time he's like Daisy Ridley, what's up? Give me some Star Wars secrets. I, I no, I'm not filming this. I just need some Star Wars secrets. Just tell me what's going on with the Star Wars. Who's Ray's parents? I respect that. Um, like Judy Dench is barely in this movie. Olivia I mean, Coleman. A lot of them are barely in it, but I feel like they all do fine. I would have rather seen Olivia Coleman as Perot, but okay, Frana did an okay job. I mean, I think Daisy Ridley and Michelle Pfeiffer probably get the most to work with, and and then Josh Gad probably those would be the the three biggest of the suspect roles i think i just i've seen the the entertainment weekly thing where they talk about the maintenance on the mustache yeah i'd like to see an actual understanding of why because when we when you sit as close as he is supposed to have a ridiculous mustache yeah that was a little too close i hate when i can see the pixels i hate that theater i hate when i can count the follicles and that majestic Mm -hmm. bird shitting on his face um there's a part over the upper lip where the mustache does this little twirl up and it should be over there. But there's this whole other like undercarriage, like the second set of wings blooming through his cheeks. That's uh he locked his S foils into attack position. <laughs> but yeah, I just I kept the new, thinking the new uh the new fighter that the resistance has, the burn down, the spark of the whatever. It's the uh Perot wing. <laughs> the P wing. I kept thinking a director who is more of a visual stylist who wasn't like pro uh, not pro Brana's thing is he's like an actor's director or whatever. Sure. Um, if that actor is kind of Brana. Yeah. 
but like someone who could really get into the spatial situation that they had like exactly where the cars were and he's not a visualist no like i I feel like there are more interesting ways you could have shot this movie uh but that's not this movie i mean even when they go to the flashbacks it's just like black and white like it's not there's nothing like super creative about it i think some actor directors wake up one morning and they look in the mirror and they realize that they're Laurence olivier and then some actor directors look wake up and look in the mirror and realize that they directed the first thor and like a jack ryan movie Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. saw that in the theater. Unfortunately, we did. There was like no one else in that theater with us. No. Private screening. Um, so like there's this weird, like they have to do the reveal scene like off the train in a tunnel. And like they a have, weird last the su- last supper. To me, that was the only part where it seemed like, oh, that he he's going for something here. You know? What 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 was what cracked me up was not just that. That, that's where we did it. It's that you get this shot of Perot like heroically walking into the wind, cape blowing, shirt collar like undone. And he's like, No, mon ami, we shall face the final reckoning or whatever. And it's like, What are we going with this? And then it's like, Oh, here's the suspects. Oh, this is the scene. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's Michelle Pfeiffer singing the song at the end of the movie. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. that kind of tepid sure, whatever. song. Yeah, I think Daisy Ridley didn't have a ton to do, but she I really liked her character. I, I liked how aggressively clever she was, you know, like not just like she wasn't playing just like the doe-eyed, naive governess or anything like that. Like she like immediately pushed back at Perot, you know. I like how almost immediately after the the movie, you and I are like doing the math and like, how is she the governess for the countess? Lucy Boynton's twenty three, Daisy Ridley's twenty five. <laughs> yeah yeah how does that work exactly sure i know your mustache <laughs> well the the sequel setup is straight out of the end of batman begins i loved it it was so it was so like it felt quaint in a way that i enjoyed where it's like at the end of the movie someone's like oh we need to investigate this murder on the nile you know which geographically i do not think you would travel all the way to where he was <laughs> Yeah, somewhere in the middle not, of like Eastern Europe fact, or something. Not remotely how that book starts, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. I'm, well, it's I'm not cool like there's it. anything of governmental importance to the murder and death on the night. It's not like it's well, you know, a princess who's been killed. I will take that over like Thor needs to go to some weird enchanted pool and have a flashback mm. to explain a bunch of shit. You know, <laughs> like as far as setting up the next movie goes, it was it was very tight. Hey, at least Idris Elba was in that pool. Mm-hmm. Thor, come on in. Um, Death on the Nile, though, is is probably, to me, the best other like Perot movie with uh, Peter Ustinov, who... I suppose that's probably her best traditional mystery, because there's, there's something untraditional without going into too much detail about, and then there were none, Murder on the Orient Express and the murder of Roger Ackroyd. Death on the Nile? What? Which, which one? Which ones are most? Death true? on the Nile is un, is Have more you traditional. Read it or watched it, or both? Uh, I think I've read it. I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, I, I watched it. I enjoyed that movie. But um, it, but you know what I mean as far as like yeah the, uh, the solutions. Does the book? I don't know if I actually read the book. Does the book kind of like take a while before Perot shows up? I can't remember. Okay. Because the, the only other one I can really remember strongly is the one 
where it's I can't even remember the title, but it's it's some sort of play on bridge and like cards like, on the table. You get cards on the table. That's right. And the the killer is uh, who you'd expect it to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the one with the the Agatha Christie parody character, yeah, Ariadne Oliver, mm-hmm. who. Well, the chick who plays her in the Suchet ones is fantastic, but I mean, like, if you're not going to do a Marple, you know, shared universe, just get Tilda Swinton in there as Ariadne Oliver. Who plays Miss Marple in the Agatha Christie cinematic universe? Ten years ago, I would have said Judy Dench. Hmm. So uh, who's, who's I guess you could age up Judy Dench. You could age up Olivia Coleman, maybe. She'd be a little sarcastic. She doesn't need to be that old, does she? I can't remember how old Miss Marvel is. I no, mean, it's Hollywood, so Miss Marvel's going to be played by like Jennifer Lawrence now. But you know, well, do you remember there was a thing for a while? Supposedly they were going to do a Miss Marvel show, but like it was going to be American and played by uh, Jennifer Garner. Which no, I don't. What the that fuck? sounds about right though. Um, Usenov's this Miss Marvel is interesting because he's really like the Roger Moore of Perot. He did three theatrical movies, three TV movies. The theatrical movies are all like period pieces, like like all Perot stuff. The TV movies were all like contemporary. I think you got to keep Agatha Christie. Period. I don't. I don't think it works. I, I guess I should say I'm not interested in it in a, a contemporary setting. Well, there's some very gendered roles in her thing. Something's kind of hinted. Even, even without that, though, like I just I like the old vibe you know my only, like even if you you know like there in this movie there's some kind of like a little bit more progressive views on like race and ethnicity and whatnot yeah. and like that's fine but i like the just the old technology not having cell phones that sort right. of thing you know like keep it keep it contained yeah, yeah. i mean i don't want to see pro texting uh, with like emojis <laughs> and shit oh mona me does he have a special mustache emoji or something um <laughs> that's good yeah, I, I haven't seen any of his TV movies where it's contemporary. I can't. I mean, Agatha Christie, like, she's a little bit feminist at times, like the Ariadne Oliver character, but she's also like a big fan of the aristocracy. Aristocracy? Yeah, can't talk. Mm-hmm. Well, sure. It's, it's of the times, I guess, unfortunately. I do think there's something, at least for me, maybe I'm uh, projecting this onto all Americans, but I feel like Americans are a little bit fascinated with older english culture just because it's so foreign to us Hmm. you know like the idea of the weird class structure and whatnot and like like actual like titles and and lords and whatnot you want like a uh like a gosford park park that you can go to you know when i first watched gosford park i was just like this needs more goddamn murder mystery in it i don't care about all this other shit like i'm really into that vibe you know so like if they wanted to make 10 more of these movies where it's just like the old murder mystery i'm down for it like yeah, i yeah. like murder mysteries you yeah know? i like stephen fry's character but i would have loved of like helen mirren then solve the case mm-hmm. yeah i i would if they want to go do murder on the Nile, like go ahead i'm, I'm good the only problem is they just shot their wad with a, a ton of the best english actors out there so well and and so a lot of those Ustinov movies following the albert finney one who i can't stand albert finney no as perot he, down. he just looks in general like a vampire he does this weird thing where he buries his chin onto his chest, to, like hide his jowls and like mm-hmm. appear shorter. And he, I don't know, just he's in pain playing the, the role. But they, they use a lot of the same actors over and over again, like a lot of like repeated Lauren Bacall or what have you, mm-hmm. playing different roles just because they have to. Because there's only like 12 English actors at any one point. 
Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's room for Gary Oldman in one of these movies, you know. Uh, Donald Gleason. Oh, Donald Gleason could crush it in one of these. Here's the thing, Mr. Perot. He, love- he could be a good Roger Ackroyd, maybe. I feel like he could, he could probably pull that Roger out. Ackroyd older? He's a little older, but I think he's he's versatile enough to pull that off. Couldn't like Brendan Gleason play Roger Ackroyd? I feel like that's a little too old. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe. I mean, that, that dude has a... He's got a role somewhere in the Agatha Christie cinematic universe. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. 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 Uh, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Um, he could be Tommy to Tommy and Tuppence. Who is the guy that's in for the only reason, some reason I can only think of him as. Um, I'm trying to total blank right now. What the fuck is the name of that movie? Give you me don't something. know. Uh, I have the, no idea what you're talking the about. The Wachowskis movie with like the six different timelines. Cloud Atlas. Okay. The guy who's like the novelist or whatever. Was he a novelist or like an agent or something? Jim Broadbent. Oh, Jim Broadbent? Yeah. I got there eventually. <laughs> well, I was gonna say there's there's an obvious like overlap between Harry Potter actors. Oh yeah, totally. And this Perot cinematic universe. I mean, really like devising. make one while we still have uh what's her face with us, uh Professor McGonagall. Like Oh, Dame- I mean Yeah. Well okay, so Maggie Smith. Mm-hmm. In at least two different Perot adaptations, playing two radically different characters, because she's Maggie fucking. Smith. I mean, she would have killed it as a Miss Marvel, yeah. Well, so uh, Evil Under the Sun, which is a very silly Ustinov Perot movie, features Maggie Smith and Diana Rigg just trying to like out diva each other. Oh, it's fucking glorious. <laughs> which also features Roddy McDowell, just vamping it up i mean this movie's gonna make its money back it was 30 million opening weekend i think the budget was 55 million you would think like if, if you can make one of these movies for 50 million or thereabouts you should be able to crank these out yeah they probably don't even take that long to make i don't know who Catherine is supposed to be i i know there's like a short story from when perot was a cop Catherine, who features it features a necklace and some girl they had a crush on but like really he he Let's be real. Basic, we we do not care about Perot's tragic path. Unless unless it's played by Hugh McGregor, I don't care if this Perot fucks. Young Perot. Young Perot. Mm-hmm. Mona me. <laughs> um, but he had. I, like how do you a, feel about? Uh, he had an, an Irene Adler type. Oh, did he? Yeah, I'm trying to remember her name. What if I just Google Perot's? How Irene do you Adler? feel about uh, speaking of which, Hugh McGregor, Countess Vera Rossikoff? It came up immediately when I googled that. How do you feel about Ewan McGregor ditching his wife for Mary Elizabeth Winstead? I mean, what am I supposed to say? Tell us what's in your heart. <laughs> I think we know. I was like, oh, I'm going to click on that article and read every inch of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, am I supposed to say it's good or bad? I don't know. They had chemistry, all three of their characters. In the I last still need to watch Fargo. that series. He's, he's great in it. She's pretty good. That is not a season that goes where you expect it to go. Hmm, okay. I uh, liked her in 10 Cloverfield Lane. She's, I really like Mary Elizabeth Winston. I think she's kind of a, she needs good roles. I mean, she's good in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Which is a great film. You just have to get past the part where like the main character is just a complete heel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not in lesbian. I feel like that, for, that for might be. Edgar Wright's best movie. Could be. Um I even watched the the Thing prequel, also called The Thing. 
that she was in. Oh, that she was in that. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. Yeah, Murder on the Orient Express, entertaining film. It's uh, just a grand old murder mystery with uh, fancy costumes and whatnot. Um, I kind of wanted them to do the stupid thing from the trailer where the little neon, like Chiron's telling you who everyone was, only because the title cards are in those things. And I kept thinking, like, like aesthetically, why? Like, why? Well, that would be a little bit more Sherlock-esque, I suppose. But I could see a version of this movie where it was more interested in leading the audience along with it in mm-hmm. the clues and whatnot, mm-hmm. where they might tell you, these are the people, you know, here's their, their titles on them. Yeah. And then like, here are the clues. But instead it was just like, nah, keep up. Oh, we haven't mentioned this, which is funny because the movie kind of forgot occasionally. Willem Dafoe is in the movie. Yeah, he is. Good old Willem Dafoe. He does three different accents. <laughs> the best part was when he dropped his accent. Well, he briefly does whatever that voice that Johnny Depp's doing. Um, I don't think he was doing a voice there. I think a little bit because he's just like, yeah, there was a grout when I was growing up. He's all right. I'm not going to talk like this anymore. Sorry about all the racial stuff. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone. I I mean, like I said, the count, I just had nothing on. Just, he, was, he was like a nothing character. But other than that, who even was that guy? I don't know. I feel like he barely talks. I don't I feel like the only reason he did a roundhouse randomly uh to like beat up some like who were those like some waiters or something well some waiters and some like paparazzi paparazzi. yeah randomly before they get on the train he like roundhouse kicks a paparazzi and i feel like they only did that so they could put it in the trailer and make you think that it was like an action-packed movie along with josh gadden (laughs) wow okay hold on um the that reminded me of a moment that's only going to work in the theater with an audience because when the other guy like finally throws down his camera if you're watching this like home video release or whatever, you're going to be like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little corny. Thud. This is uh, shockingly his uh, American debut. He's a dancer. Hmm. Okay. I guess it was important to get that instead of like an actor. What you, does he even have lines? Really? <laughs> I barely No, He's just like Mr. Protective husband. Uh... I mean, as a story in general, I think I mentioned earlier that the Armstrong plot is always like, I, I, there's no graceful way to work that in because it's like, here's the key to the whole mystery is a bunch of backstory. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting. And it's not, it's not backstory. You discover by hunting down clues. It's like backstory. Everyone knows except for you, the reader slash viewer, you know, when she wrote this book, it was only two years after the Armstrong kidnapping case. I mean, mean the, the uh, Lindbergh, Lindbergh. Yeah. Um, which is kind of funny. The Agatha Christie's like ripped from the headlines, like dun dun. Yeah. What was our riff about Law and Order UK? <laughs> it's like a twenty-minute preamble. We were talking about the movie actors, and I, I was telling Benji that there's a Law and Order UK, which you didn't know, and we, it's like a twenty-minute preamble to trying to explain the English justice system to you. <laughs> These are the stories. I'm going to throw a lot of acronyms at you right now. Try not to get bogged down. Now, first, let's explain what the fancy wigs. Yeah. Then let's get into the fact that there's two different kinds of lawyers. Mm-hmm. Also, two different city of London cops. <laughs> Scotland Yard, not actually in Scotland. Dun dun. Oh, wait, we forgot something. <laughs> Cup of tea, love. And then yeah. a character from, or an actor from Doctor Who shows up and gets murdered. <laughs> 
and we have three minutes. Just to another solve it. BBC actor, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely go see more of these. I suppose I didn't I didn't hate Brana's Poirot. He was suitably ridiculous, but I mean, that's that's Poirot. So you know, he's just like the very like OCD Poirot. I mean, like if Monk Poirot. If I had one note other than like maybe having somebody else direct, would be like the the non Poirot characters should have more. Like Perot's not that interesting as like a character, really. Like he's he's just a big ham, mm-hmm. and so you don't like you don't need Catherine and all that, you know, and like him like weeping in his mm-hmm. his cabin. Like, give us more of the other characters. That's kind of what we're there for. At no point does anyone want to see like tragic romantic hero Perot. No, nobody cares. Perot's not like your Byronic hero. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they, I want to say he was he was hired as director first. Like, did you even try to get Stanley Tucci? <laughs> no. I was thinking after we had like lunch yesterday, like there's like probably like ten different actors that would have been so much better. Even if you're not to do like uh, you know, little guy and like a pregnancy belly. Pro. Wait, I I didn't hate his portrayal. I I thought he was fine as a character. I just think that. He probably gave himself more than he needed to. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know the other character in this they did not go into at all was uh, the the porter or whoever, like the uh, the train employee, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle, who's there's like, oh yeah, by the way, he's related to you yeah. know, like that dude has nothing. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I just I kept thinking at one point, is it a euphemism? The guy had some funny ideas about Stalin that I had to correct. <laughs> I mean, I, I assume that Leslie Odom Jr. was the capitalist and the other guy was a socialist, or how, do I have that backwards? Well, Josh Gad was obsessed with money. He was to the point where he's stealing from his boss. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't be a socialist, though. He finds his boss, you know, a I don't know. They're both Americans, so I don't know yeah. what, I, what we're supposed to take from it. I don't know. Well, no, the, the doctor was English, wasn't he? He was a sniper. Oh, that's true. He was vaguely english mm-hmm. that's right well he was like the no he wasn't the batman he was somehow related to armstrong he who, was, who was armstrong's american. um wasn't armstrong american yeah maybe and then somehow Derek jacoby was he, his he, batman he was armstrong's like valid or something in the war or something like that yeah armstrong's like i just got these british guys hanging out with me mm-hmm You know, it's Derek Jacoby, not Jacoby. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'll apologize when Derek Jacoby comes down in my face. Oh, personally, after that. I mean, I would, I would say, if you like murder mysteries, go see the movie. It, it's not the best movie ever made, but I feel like you get your movie fast money's worth out of it. He was Claudius. And- Branos Hamlet. Ooh, J- Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's also a really great in I Claudius from the 70s. <sighs> All right. Well, do we have anything else to discuss? How long has this episode been? It's a little short. That's fine. Oh, should we do something creative? Should we talk for 20 minutes about something creative we could do before we eventually settle on something or don't? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I just want to revisit the world of intergalactic hotel dick. 
Galactic Hotel did. <laughs> that could be what the new Ryan Johnson trilogy is about. Yes. Would it feature DJ? Maybe. I have high hopes for DJ. I really hope he's not just like a one-off random character who like has like five minutes of screen time. I hope he takes your expectations and he flips them, flips them for real. We're we're talking about Benicio del Toro in the next Star Wars movie, Mister Don't Join. We know that he dresses up like an Imperial at one point to infiltrate with him. Does he? That's in like the one of the trailers, behind the scenes videos, or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, he's a hacker, or as they call it in Star Wars world, a slicer. That's Razor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, if you don't have anything else, we can close this off early. A little short one. Sure. I feel like um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but this is episode zero zero five. I think for episode zero zero seven, don't we have to talk about James Bond in some way or another? I would fucking love to. Oh, oh, would you? Yeah, I didn't know that. I wasn't aware that you wanted to talk about James Bond. I'm always the guy at the drop of a hat. I'm always the guy who's like, oh, we should do some Bond movies on on head can. You're like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I was like, we shouldn't do them all because it's like fucking 25 movies or something. Um, I don't know what Bond movie would you want to do. Well, I, I would leave that up to you. Oh, okay. Mm. Uh, other than Daniel Craig. Other than Daniel Craig? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You're just like, I want less listeners to this episode. <laughs> the older we can go, the better. I would be curious to see what she would come up with. I feel like it'd be on her Majesty's Secret Service because that's probably like no, Goldfinger. That's the one you've seen. I'd probably do either Goldeneye or uh, The World Is Not Enough. Okay. Not die another day, that's for sure. <laughs> Which is why we settle in the shit house that is Tomorrow Never Dies. Goldeneye is a good film. Goldeneye is a good film. A little dated. How so? The score. All right, well, let's save it if we talk about it, whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, do we have an email? No, yet. I think I turned on comments, so just go to our website, headcanon.org. Yeah, we'll um, hit you with an email mm-hmm. one of these days. So if we eventually do a Patreon, like I was thinking at the $1,000 level, we should release all the time travel murder mystery episodes <laughs> to that one person. <laughs> To that one person only. Yeah. At the 500 level, you get like volume one of like things that Benjamin Light finds annoying. Mm. You get the A's. Just the A's. Yeah. <laughs> A through AAR. <laughs> That's all I got. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Justice League. We have to watch that, I guess, right? No. 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 And that would be our 007 episode. No. We put that off for a week. Yeah. Let's put that off for a couple okay. of years. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to go see it. We have movie pass now. We don't have an excuse. We saw all those other shitty movies. We have to see Justice League 2. Is there one person who's like excited? I've seen some of those advanced reviews and they are the fakest of fake. All all those reviews now are just like, it wasn't totally terrible. Kind of. (laughs) Um, I've heard that the, the CGI and the mustache is like totally obvious. It's like uncanny valley upper lip. Uh, let me ask you this. Did you read any more of La Belle Sauvage? I've not read much past where we talked about yesterday. Uh, the the guy, the the one Egyptian has been attacked and then uh, Malcolm has gone, gone to meet Hannah. Okay. And she's given him a Stephen Hawking book and an Agatha Christie book. 
Do you think you could perhaps read a little bit more by next week? No, oh, probably. I mean, it's not a super long book and it moves at a nice clip. Mm-hmm. What about also, should we finally talk about Riverdale next week? I'm just thinking of topics for next week. Do you have some hot takes on Riverdale? I mean, I have plenty of them. You know, I'll yeah. sit here and listen to your hot takes. No, you should, you uh, should absolutely. join me in my struggle. Uh, the show just seems so bad. Are you even this, like, did, so you watched all season one, I see, here's, right? Here's my problem with Riverdale right mm-hmm. now. I thought the show had promise when I first started watching it, and that promise all fell away. Now I see all the people on the internet, and it's like, this is the show where people really want to like calibrate their little like quips and stuff on a show. And I'm like, come on, guys. This is the lowest hanging fruit. It just makes me miss Pretty Little Liars. I don't doubt it. So what? have you watched any of this season? No. You should binge watch all five episodes. So, Mr. I'm paraphrasing your tweet. It takes me like days mm-hmm. to watch a single episode. Yeah, I will, I I, will binge this. Yeah, no one to blame but yourself. I while I'm doing it, I'll just have a dentist like a strap on my show, teeth with no Novocaine. The show is definitely designed for you to be on your phone through most of the scenes because Can I be in the other room for most of the scenes? Like I said, it's it's a kind of show where like you know where the scene's going immediately. And so you can get your phone out and check. You're not gonna miss anything. So give me a detail about my three favorite characters that will get me to go back to the show. Uh, I assume you mean Cheryl, Betty, and Veronica? Correct. Veronica is really concerned with um, getting closer to her dad. And Pass next. Yeah, Betty. There's like a new killer who's like kind of like quasi Zodiac killerish. <laughs> Betty decides to basically join him, <laughs> or not join him, but like comes to understand why he's killing people or something. It's dumb. Trust me. Okay, you should have led with that. What's next? Uh, Cheryl has had almost nothing to do. The only thing she's done so far is she like maneuvered a situation so that Betty would run into Kevin. Okay. Uh, I think when he's out like cruising, which I'm not sure is something teenagers do. I don't know. I don't. Does he have a boyfriend? Not anymore. No, he got rid of that guy. He dropped the snake guy. Yeah, they broke up because I think they broke up after he found out he like helped hide jason boston's body or something like that you would think that would make the guy he might have had to like get on a bus and go somewhere i feel like i have a memory of him like did uh that block party song play as he had to get on the bus i don't know i don't know what that song is (laughs) just the rehashing old musical cues from the oc okay (laughs) i can't Um, wait till archie has to get on a plane and like if you leave starts playing yeah cheryl's had nothing to do the whole season wow that's Mm -hmm. just foolish yeah, those writers, they really had their finger on the pulse of what people liked about the first season. You get to see Jughead join the Serpents. Go through their initiation process, which is like the weakest gang initiation ever. <laughs> All right, Jughead, here's how it goes. We either jump you in or we fuck you in. What do you want? He So this is what he has to do. I'm going to spoil this for you, but you should still watch. He has to take care of like the gang dog a night or something and this isn't like some fucking big ass crazy bulldog or anything it's just like it's like a small chow mm-hmm. you know um he has to he has to like take care of the dog and then he has to like i want to say like put his hand into a little snake cage and get bit by a rattlesnake that's been devenomed okay 
uh, like gets get his hand bit. And then there's the gauntlet. Like, oh shit, the gauntlet. This is serious. Are you sure you want to do this? Where it's like maybe a maybe ten other serpent dudes like stand, you know, like five on each side, and he has to like get punched in the stomach by each of them as he like walks through the gauntlet. You're like, man, I, I was expecting this guy to have to go fucking kill someone as part of his gang initiation. Nope. Like, he should have to spend, he should have to kill a guy and then spend a night in the coffin with the body mm-hmm. while on, like, quaaludes. All right, so this show, more so than PLL, PLL would kind of blatantly homage some shows and then some, but always, like, I think a very classy way, like a fun way, at least to me. Um, this show is Riverdale like, is hey, straight have you seen up pastiche. It's like, hey, have you seen Zodiac? So have we. Yeah, straight up pastiche. So what episode are they on? Like five? Five, yeah. You can catch up. By this point, I expect Jughead and Archie have to get in a street race and like That's Veronica. Next episode. Veronica, seriously? Yes. She should be doing the flag yes. thing, like yes. the Paul Abdul Rush video. It's a couple days. I, Holy shit, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. No. That's, yeah. That's how they had to settle the score with the serpents. You're like, <laughs> Who was watching season one of Riverdale and is like, I gotta have more serpents. <laughs> like, who was that? Wow. Yeah. You can catch up. I really can't. Mm-hmm. Seems maybe it, we'll talk about that next. Seems time. like a gauntlet. Like an insur- insurmountable gauntlet. I wish I was like familiar with Archie properties to like say, like, well, here's the thing they should do to fix this. I don't think you can just like bring in Sabrina. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how they fix it. You can't just show. have Jughead. I, I think everybody wanted this to be PLL, and it turns out it's not. It's just a super fucking cheesy high school show. Did they do anything with Betty's secret brother? Not yet, no. no. I mean, I guess he's going to show up eventually, but. No. The only thing I liked is I read somewhere that um, they said that there was like a picture of like uh, Betty's mom somewhere in an episode. It was like a picture of, of the chick from Twin Peaks. Like when she filmed it 25 years ago as like the teenage Alice Cooper. That gave me a good laugh. Well, there was a bit where like the mom, there's like this old newspaper the mom had tried to like suppress that had like her mugshot. Like as a teenager, for some reason, a newspaper is publishing this mugshot of a teenager and Mm -hmm. being like arrested for whatever, you know, like like that would be something that happens. Is Um, the mom still like the editor of the school paper? Not the school paper, the, the town paper. Is she back on the town paper? Yeah, because remember for a while she was like running the school paper when the husband fired her. Yeah, maybe vaguely. The husband is definitely the one manipulating Betty the whole time, like one hundred percent. Oh, you really don't like Lachlan Monroe? That guy's a fucking scum. But you've always hated Lachlan Monroe, have I? Yeah. Give me an example. I I feel like the first time we discussed this, you're like, I've always fucking hated that guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't like him. That's probably true. Yeah, that seems fair. All right. He'll be on the M's. The uh, annoying things to you. Well, if you alphabetize them that way, sure. Oh, you do my first names? I don't know yet. <laughs> you know what's annoying to me? Alphabetization. I'm neutral. <laughs> Next week, 100% cotton. Benji gets real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. I think we're just rambling. Unless you want to talk about something else. I think we covered all we need to. But uh, yeah, maybe Riverdale next week if Marco watches. If not, he will not. Hmm. Okay. We'll just spend all next week talking about which Bond movie we're going to watch the following week. That sounds silly. It's going to be License to Kill. No. 
time. It was too long. Anyway, we're going to go now. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.